welcome back to Popcorn Premieres. I might sound a little different right now. That is because I am joining you from my dorm room. Had to make a few last minute changes to this episode. So just recording this intro and recording the outro very quickly on my own microphone. We're going to dive right in to our review here of Killers of the Flower Moon. So sit back, relax, enjoy the ride, and I'll see you on the other side. This one's a good one. All right, so I am joined by two fella deck uh, fella. I just said, oh my god. Um, I I am joined by two fellow decas. Um, we have Anthony Vicendis. Yep. You got oh it. my god. Okay. Yeah. I, I I like forgot it for a second, and I was like, wait. Um, so yeah, Anthony Vicendis, and he is the cinematic affair no no no. that's the other thing yeah no that uh i am a cinema literacy cinema literacy yeah so so yeah anthony is really cool he does the screenings uh for dk they do or he does uh two screenings every week um sometimes back-to-back movies i know you did scooby-doo a few weekends ago and you dressed up as (laughs) scooby-doo uh which is really funny I, i loved that it was yeah yeah i was i was thinking about like you know, how can I make this a little more interesting? And then I thought, hey, go Scooby-Doo. I don't have a Halloween costume, so, like... There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm also joined by a fellow DK associate yes. who ran against me as uh, president of the DK associates, Lily Ashman. And I so. did lose, but it's okay. It is okay. <laughs> oh, also, Anthony is my big in DK, so uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I forgot um, to mention that. Yeah, that was a brand new discovery. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just loved, like, that that reveal and stuff. Yeah, that, that reveal really was cool. so fun. I am yeah. a very socially awkward person, so I, like, didn't know what to do, and I just, like, stood there, and I, like, froze with 50 other people watching me. I was like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> um, but, yeah, all right, so now let's actually dive into what we're here to talk about, which is Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, personally, I loved it, but I want to hear what you guys thought. Um, quickly, before we just get into that, I do want to give the synopsis, which I almost forgot to do. Um, <laughs> when oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. So a very vague synopsis but um still kind of gives like i guess some general plot points uh of the film so yeah what did you guys think of the film did you like love it did you kind of just like it you know what were your thoughts um i I remember coming back from uh, cinemopolis that night you Mm -hmm. know just kind of like letting the dust settle letting the film like kind of like uh like bubble over me i guess and um i guess the more i thought about it like the more I started to like really appreciate it. Yeah. And um and uh yeah, no, I I mean the fact that this is like, you know, true crime and stuff, I mean, I feel like it really adds like this kind of layer of uh uh genu- genuinity and yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. And what about you, Lily? I like literally loved it mm-hmm. so much. Like I was not bored the entire time. I was like really worried about that since it's like yeah. three hours and like twenty eight minutes or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was three hours and forty five minutes, but I just found out it was three hours and twenty eight. But no, I loved it. I was like, I kind of compared it to Oppenheimer, like in a way, just because they're both like similar lengths and they're both about like real things that happened. And there's just something about it that just was just 
better than Oppenheimer. I don't know if it was just the fact that, like, I love Leonardo DiCaprio when he was in it, but I think it just, I don't know, it was just the opening scene was Mm -hmm. just, it was just, like, so hard. It just, like, kept hitting, and I loved it so much. And then the whole movie kept hitting, like, every point. Yeah, that's, I, I completely agree. I feel like the pacing, too, was just, like, excellent. Yeah. Um, Thelma Schumacher, I think that's how I yeah. pronounce her yeah. name. Yeah, uh, she's, like, she's like yeah. been on a, a lot of, like, Scorsese's yeah. films as, she's, like, editor. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty much only edited Scorsese, I'm pretty sure. Um, maybe aside from a few exceptions. But um, she's just incredible with editing yeah. for pacing. And you just, like, you don't even notice it that much when you're watching it, but then you think about it, and you're just like, yeah, like, the editing was excellent. Um, and it just, it felt like a two-and-a-half-hour film. Like, yeah, it just, like, an hour disappeared. Yeah, like, it felt long, but, like, in a good way. Like, it wasn't yeah. like it was just, like, dragging on. It yeah. just was, like, everything that I was seeing was important. Like, I could not think of a single scene when I was, like, watching the movie that, like, could have been cut out. Yeah. Like, everything I, I was there for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and what's nice, I just, Scorsese is like, an, he's an artist mm-hmm. and he's such like a big artist where all these suits in studios, they can't just be like, oh, you can't do this in your film. And I feel like with any other director, like they might've come up with similar ideas for a film like this to Scorsese, but a producer would have gotten in their way and mm-hmm. said like, no, you can't do this. Like those just quiet moments like between Lily Gladstone and DiCaprio or De Niro and DiCaprio, just they wouldn't have been there without it being a Scorsese-directed film, I feel like. Um, So that's kind of what I wanted to shift to now. Just this is one of Martin Scorsese's last films. Um, He says that he has one more in him uh, in this, like, interview he had with GQ. I don't know if you guys read it. Um, And I just, as knowing that context, just how do you feel about this film as sort of one of his last? Do you feel like it fits um, and is sort of just a good point for him in his career? Yeah, um, honestly, um, like you said, if this was his, like, one of his last films, um, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be, like, a perfect swan song. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can definitely see, like, a lot of, like, the Scorsese-isms, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, the long run time, like, the, mm-hmm. these very interesting intricate character studies Mm -hmm. um the editing like i said you know with all the quick cuts and like the pants and yeah yeah you know i feel like this this would definitely be best would be uh scorsese's best last movie i guess yeah i i agree i just i i feel the same way what about you lily yeah honestly i think like it everything like it's just so scorsese yeah and it's like i was like just thinking about his other movies and what i loved so much about them and it's like that's all in Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, I, there's so much from, like, The Departed that I see into it, and then same with, like, Taxi Driver, and I'm just like, this is just so Scorsese, and it's like, if it is just, like, his last one, like, ever, but it's, like, not, um, I would just be happy about it. Because yeah. I'm like, that's just a perfect way to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it would have, especially because of the ending itself mm-hmm. and the yeah. way it ends. We'll get into that later when we talk about, like, spoilers. Um, but just, like, that ending was perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. if it was the last film of his career, it's the perfect ending for a film of the, la- like that would be the last of his career. And I'm very curious where he's going to go with the next film 
or two films or however more he has left in him Mm -hmm. uh just in the sense of like will they feel like this or will they more so just feel like another scorsese movie you know um and shifting from that what about like the performances i feel like that's kind of the big thing with this film you know you have dicaprio de niro and then lily gladstone she was so, oh, good. so good yeah i like, love her so much i wish we had so much more of her me too like she's in the whole movie but like i wanted like everything from her i just mm-hmm. loved everything about her performance seriously i felt the same way yeah no uh actually this was like the first movie i've seen with her in it me too already she's she's killing it dude yeah like um just the way like she acts and you know just the way she delivers on and there's something so like you know interesting about you know her body language and you know you know um and it's it's very like captivating like um we're gonna talk about the end later right yes yeah yeah no i i just really have a lot i want to get out about that and um uh and yeah, no, I mean, I hope she gets the Oscar this year. I mean, Me this is an Oscar-worthy performance. It is. It really is. And I, if she was in supporting actress, she would 100% get it. But yeah. apparently she's switching to best actress. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So she's going to – I'm very curious because then it's going to be her versus Emma Stone probably – because apparently Emma Stone and Poor Things is, like, insane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very interested about all that Oscar-y stuff. But we don't have to talk about that here. <laughs> um, something I did want to just r- talk about as well, aside from, like, Lily Gladstone, was De Niro. Mm-hmm. Like, De Niro is 80. He is an old man and he is still just stealing scenes with yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio exactly. in them. Yeah. And then like yeah. seeing how it's like this is him and Scorsese's 10th movie together. Yes. And it's like the 10th feature. Yeah. And it's like to see how much like they changed from like back in what was it 70s was when they started. Yeah. They yeah. started um, yeah, it was Mean Streets, right? Yeah, Mean yeah. Streets. Yeah. And then, like, to now, it's just, like, he's just, he keeps hitting every single time. Exactly. It's so good. And this is their first film together in the 20th century, too. Or 21st century, not my bad, not 20th century. Mm. Like, they have not made a film. T- oh, wait, wait no, no, it's the, not. The Irish I completely forgot Irish. about the Irish. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking, like, oh the Irish. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel so <laughs> stupid for forgetting about the Irishman. The Irishman yeah. was that. And yeah. yeah, no, my bad. Okay, my bad. That was, that was a stupid thing of me to say. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, shut up now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Anthony, what did you think of De Niro? Um, yeah. uh, De Niro, he was actually pretty cool. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought, I mean, there's, like, this... I mean, his character's really interesting in, like, you know, how, like, it's, like, kind of like this facade and, like, deep down he's, like, this kind of, like, you know, like, criminal. Well, not criminal, but, like, you know, like, he's not just a great guy. And yeah. even though, he, even though like, the Osage and, like, the rest of the town, like, kind of perceive him as such. And, um, um, yeah, no, De Niro did really great at, like, portraying that. It kind of reminded me of... Uh, of Goodfellas, like yeah. kind of like Jimmy Conway in that, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm gonna be honest, it was kind, it was a little jarring to hear him in a Southern accent, cause like <laughs> I'm like so used to hearing them with that like Italian New York accent, yeah, and, like, but even then he did really great, yeah, at that. and I feel like it worked too. I just this it proves that De Niro really does have that kind of a range, cause I feel like with Scorsese we've always seen him as that like Italian. New York guy, um, 
or like Jewish or just some sort of New York person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see him now as a totally different like person, somebody that's like in the West or like in the South and just that type of a character was just really interesting, but also to see that it's still very similar to like Jimmy Conway, like you were saying. Um, I just find, I, I found it fascinating and his character and Gladstone's character really make me want to revisit this film. Yeah. Like don't, even though it's three and a half hours, don't you guys feel like you just have to see it again? I need to see yeah. it again. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I heard uh, Apple was gonna like do streaming release and then like theatrical release, you know, like same day thing. Uh, I think it's a big W that they put it on, yeah, in theaters and not like on streaming. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not like how it was in twenty twenty one where you can just do that. I think it's it's important that it's seen in a movie theater. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And also, just like I, I hope other places start to realize that too, like Netflix, because yeah. Netflix, if if those movies like look at their December slate of movies with like, you know, I think May December is like the big one, but then they also have like. Um, Zack Snyder's what's it called like Rebel Moon like just if all those movies got to be in theaters for a little bit I just feel like it would be incredible um, and I wish that they do it soon yeah I, th- I um, think they did that with uh, Glass Onion but it was like yeah it was like one week it was, yeah, it was just week. one week yeah. are they doing that with The Killer too no is The Killer just it's, going on Netflix it's like select theaters so pretty like, much like that if, hurts me yeah. as a David Fincher oh. girl like it, it does hurt and it's like, if you live in New York or L.A., I guess, yeah, you can go and see a Netflix movie in the theaters. But if you don't, then yeah. what are you supposed to do? Exactly. Um, and now, finally, we mentioned Gladstone. We mentioned De Niro. How about DiCaprio? What do you guys think of him here? I feel like this is a pretty interesting DiCaprio it's, performance. It's, like, such an interesting performance. Yeah. I've seen, like, almost all of his movies because mm-hmm. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Leo girl. Um, it was just, like... When I was watching him, I was just like, sometimes I can't believe that that's Leonardo DiCaprio, especially with, like, the way he looked just, like, so different. Yeah. And just the way he was, and like, I couldn't really tell if he was a good guy or a bad guy. And then when, like, I found out, not to get into spoilers, um, I was just like, oh, my God. And then just everything about him was just so interesting, and I just need to see it again to just, like, take in his whole performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going off of that, there's, like, a lot of, like, moral ambigu- yeah. ambiguity to his character. And, um... Yeah, I, I think, you know, without going into spoilers, how, how you know, the film, like, really dives, like, into that moral ambiguity, I think that's really interesting, and it gives his character a lot of depth and stuff. Yeah, yeah and he's, I like, agree. not a smart guy either in the movie. Like, he's mm-hmm. just kind of portrayed as, like, an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he's, like, constantly manipulated yeah, by, he's you know, by his uncle, by, like, you know and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much by everyone. Yeah. He's yeah. just being manipulated. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I was fully in for the ride of that. Yeah. It was terrible and whatnot. But just like, <laughs> I don't know. I but just, then it's also like he's his own man, too. Yeah. Like he can, he's old. Mm-hmm. Like, he can decide what he wants to do, but then to see him getting manipulated like that just brings so yeah. much to his character. Well, something I heard is that apparently his character is supposed to be in his 20s. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He is supposed to be in his 20s because like, he just got yeah. out of he World just got War out of the War. army, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of assumed he would have been like in his 30s or something, yeah. just because Leo's like 46 yeah. or something now. Like, Leo does not, he looks great. He does not look like he's in his 20s. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> especially when he was in his 20s, he does not look that way anymore. No, no, he does not. Like, he did for a while, 
but yeah, that's yeah. We've, we've we've gone yeah. past that now. Um, so I guess before we do dive into spoilers for this film, is there anything else outside of that territory you guys would like to talk about? Um, I do want to talk about the music for a oh little bit. Okay, it's yeah. Such, it, I mean, it's such like an amazing mix of like this like kind of like contemporary like Western like American kind of music, mm-hmm. and then you have like all the like Native American sounds you know that just really contribute like really drive this, you know that really makes this film much as much more of a tribute as you know as you think it would be because like there's a, um. And I think it's really interesting to hear that mix throughout, I agree. throughout the film. It's yeah. pretty cool. And the way it was utilized, too, it's one of those like scores that's there, mm-hmm. but it's not taking over. And you're watching the film, and it enhances the film rather than like overtaking it and it, it yeah. being something that you think about, which I appreciated because I feel like such a grand score like what we had for a movie like Oppenheimer just it would have distracted from how dense the story was and I just it was the perfect score for this film um where it just it felt like just an enhancement you know yeah I just think of the like so like the it was kind of like 20 minutes in there was just like this the score was playing and I was just like like, I just was, like, speechless when I was, like, listening to it mm-hmm. because it's just utilized so well. Yeah. And that's, like, something you need in a movie is, like, if you're going to have, like, a score that's, like, well-made and stuff like that, you can't, like, what you said, overpower it or anything like that. Yeah. And this is, like, a side note, but my letterbox review was literally, like, I wish, like, they had Pink Floyd in it or something like that because all I could think about was um, in The Departed when they played... Uh, comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. It was like I just want more Pink Floyd from Scorsese. I don't know why I just love that just like collaboration, but it doesn't make any sense because like yeah. it's in the twenties. But to me, it would be cool. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, well uh, to be fair, uh, the Great Gatsby did use like a bunch of Jay Z. Oh my god! And Lana yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Great Gatsby. We don't talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we don't talk. Yeah, I mean Elvis also used that too. Like, yeah. Elvis had yeah, like Dua Lipa. Yeah, I think. Or was it like Doja <laughs> Cat? So I mean. If Scorsese yeah. wanted to, he could. Yeah, but, but yeah, Scorsese, so, it's yeah, fine. no, I, it would have, it would have ruined the movie for me, honestly. So, yeah. I, I've also just been in a Pink Floyd like era recently, so it's just like that was what I was just like wanting. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so I think now it's time to get into spoilers. What okay. do you guys think? Um, all right, so anybody listening, if you have not seen Killers of the Flower Moon, go and see it, and come back to hear us talk about spoilers. This film is excellent. I think you guys both agree, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, Really worth your time, even though it's as long as it is, it won't feel as long as it is when you actually watch it. Um, Anyways, spoilers. Uh, Where do you guys want to start? Because there's a lot. (laughs) There is a lot. There is a lot. Um, Um, Should we start with the murders? um, Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, 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 that's more like the start. so, yeah, like with the murders, how did you guys feel about how it was presented? Because I feel like you'll have some people that will feel as if it's almost too gratuitous um, and glorifies it mm-hmm. almost. Like, did you guys feel that at all or not really? Um, I don't, I think they were there for a reason. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like, like, 
they I know Martin Scorsese, he came on in the beginning of the movie and said that they worked closely with um, the Osage tribe and stuff like that. I don't think it was like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't know, like rude or anything like that. Yeah. I think they were there for a reason and they weren't like, we didn't see all of them. No. We saw like some of them and we didn't see like everything happening to it and stuff like that. Yeah. I think they were like, it was the perfect amount of it. Like I wasn't like scarred from any of it. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. either. Yeah, no, um, you know, I feel like the way Scorsese pre- presented those murders, like you said, um, I feel like, you know, they were just presenting, they were just presenting them as they are, you know, there's like, I, I'm not sure if there was like any bias towards them, but you know, I, what I got out of these murders, you know, it's, it's like, it's like reading, it's, it's like reading a book on this, like, it's like reading yeah. the book this was based on, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, there's no bias, it's, it is what it is, right? So, yeah. um. Yeah, but even then, it gets it gets you to feel like some like um, emotion towards these characters because you kind of see what they're like in the beginning, how how they kind of like interact with other characters, like our protagonists and such, and um, yeah, you kind of grow a bit of a connection to them. So, but even then, like you know, the film's just like, hey, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, and I also just like the way that the murders just sort of slowly kind of built up and becoming important to the plot. Cause like at first we were really being introduced to the characters and their yeah. relationships. And it was like, but we knew that the murders were happening. Cause there was like one point, I think it was right after DiCaprio and De Niro had their conversation. We cut to a shot of like one of the Osage, like on the ground, frothing at the mouth mouth and like having a seizure or something do you guys remember that yeah and like it was really jarring and it threw me off at first but like thinking about it in hindsight i kind of realized oh we needed that to be like hey this is not like a good thing this is not a good relationship between the nero and the caprio here like people are dying Mm -hmm. and you guys like we need to be aware of that and it just it set this tone for the rest of the film that just built up and I feel like it climaxed, not climaxed, but like reached its high when Anna came Yes, around. especially yes. when Anna, because I could like, yeah. I was like, when we started to like, kind of, because we like, they talked about like the sisters and stuff, but then when we kind of focused on Anna, I was like, oh God. Mm-hmm. And then like, when like, yeah. she was killed, I was like, this is like, Mm, like this is like serious, serious. Yeah, and also we didn't see her getting killed Mm-mm. until the court yeah. case, yeah. Um, which I thought was good. It was just more of just left that ambiguity there, mm-hmm. um, which Anthony, I think you were talking about there being like yeah. a lot of amb- ambiguity yeah. with this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there was definitely a lot. It leaves a lot of like mystery to mm-hmm. like. Kind of like um, a whodunit. Yeah. Like exactly. Like a whodunit, and. Um, yeah, no, I feel like the one that, that like, I feel like the one that, like, really kind of, like, hey, this is something we should really look at is, like, is uh, Minnie's death, you know, with, with the house exploding. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was... and, yeah, no, that was kind of when shit hit the fan, you know? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that, too, like, I just, I, I feel like the emotions at that point, too, were almost building up, and you at least me, I wasn't realizing how much the emotions were building up for me until when DiCaprio's character, Ernest, goes back to talk to Molly and Molly just screams and I started bawling well, the second yeah. that that happened. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, 
Well, I think what makes that scene even better is like mm-hmm. there's like no words. Like yeah, she knows exactly what happens. Yeah, 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 and that just makes the scene all the more powerful. You know. Yes, that like, was so seriously. heartbreaking. I loved Molly's character so much, and everything mm-hmm. that happened to Molly, I was just like, oh my god! Like when it kept like when her family members kept dying, and then like what like DiCaprio, what Ernest was like. Um, what did he put in her medicine? Did it, it did was it? heroin. It was heroin. Yeah. yeah. When like he like started doing it, I was like, no. <laughs> I was literally like like crying. Yeah. I could not. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Uh, speaking of death, and you know maybe not like in the murder type. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, uh Lizzie Q, her her mom, mm-hmm. and you know how she yes. like kind of passed, and it's like, you know you know you have this scene where she's and you know she just kind of like blurts awake, and you you know there's like these her ancestors and she just kind of walks out from from this like i don't know if let's if it's like a gazebo or like like this very outdoor spacious area and you know yeah. it's very very quiet and you know it's just this, this ambient sound of like the outdoors and like mm-hmm. and the crickets and stuff and um yeah no and it just hard cuts back to her dot her to her dead yeah you know? yeah. yeah and everyone mourning that's it, it really, it really hit me. It hit know? me too. I, I feel like that's one of those things where a movie does not need that. You know, a movie, like if, if this film did not have that scene, it would have still been a great film. But th- scenes like that are what make this film like excellent. Yeah. And just more than some great Scorsese film and that really make it stand out um, because that's just that quiet moment where you don't realize that you needed it, but mm-hmm. it just it enhances everything just more, you know? I think yeah. about the scene uh, with the owl when you first see, like, the owl. Yeah. And yeah. then you see it again later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was just, like, something where it was, like, it was not an important thing, like, for us to, like, focus on, but then it was just there, and it was a small thing. And then when it got, like, carried on later on in the movie, I was just, like, this was just, like, it was so necessary for the movie for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I also feel like the owl, when we saw it again, it sort of added this new tension, at yeah. least for me, that like I thought Lily's character was going to die. Yeah. Um, but then really, I guess the owl was there because their daughter ended up dying. <gasps> oh my God, I didn't even yeah. think of that. I didn't. Yeah. Holy, oh my holy God, shit. wait. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I, I, I didn't think about that either until I started talking. And, like, you ever, like, just talk and realize something? Wait, did you just realize that, like, right now? Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't something that I was, like, thinking about. I was just oh like, oh, God. wait. And then I said it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that. Uh, I'm assuming that's why the owl was there. Yeah, because she didn't know? die from that. Yeah. Um, but somebody did die. So it just like kind of added this tension though because it's not like this is a story in history that we all know. Like if this was about somebody like, I don't know, George Washington, you know, Mm -hmm. we saw some symbol that George Washington was going to die. We wouldn't have known, like we would have known, oh, that's bogus unless it actually was right before he was going to die because I think we generally know it was like because of some tooth thing or whatever. (laughs) Um, And um, like... Because this is not history that we as like Americans really know, unless we read the book *Killers yeah. of a Flower Moon*, or you know, like the history of the FBI yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And it like it added just that whole new tension mm-hmm. and intrigue to what was going to happen to Lily Gladstone's character. 
um, and then only like realize that she ended up dying in the narration rather than like we act we didn't actually see her yeah. character die mm-hmm. yeah um so i guess we should shift now just a little further into the film to the court case oh right? my god oh, yeah. yeah when this film just became a court drama all of a sudden <laughs> yeah because yeah. so it, w- it i wasn't i didn't do too much research on it but it originally was gonna be like leonardo dicaprio was gonna play um Oh my god! He was gonna play Jesse Plemons' Thank character. You. I almost yeah. said Philip Seymour Hoffman's character because for some reason they look so similar <laughs> they to do. me. But yeah. rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. But no, like, um, I like the that like the rewrite they did and how we like focused mm. more on like the actual stuff happening instead of just like a detective trying to find out and stuff like that. I'm like an agent. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel I feel like if if it did take that route, it would have been like a lot more like generic and that and. Um, It'd you be know, more like I, a David Fincher movie if yeah, that route. Yeah. It would I mean, be more like yeah. a David Fincher. It would have it would have just kind of felt like a white savior type yes, of thing. Yes, yes, exactly. It would have been very white savior. And I feel yeah. like here with the main character played by DiCaprio sort of being like the manipulated villain, like even though he was manipulated and whatnot, what he did was like terrible. Yeah. And I yeah. can't be like, oh, DiCaprio, like you can sort of understand that he did it and like, you know, have sympathy for his character. I personally just like I had a little bit of sympathy, but more so from Molly's perspective of 100%. him being her husband yeah. rather than, like, him just being, like, a, a dude, you know? Um, and I just think it was nice to just see that perspective. And what was really interesting is that his character is apparently the least written about character in the book, you know? Yeah. So, um, Did you guys read the book? No. No. My, the per- uh, I went with someone, like, because we all went together, but, like, someone mm-hmm. I brought, he's, like, read the book, and he was telling me, like, throughout the movie, he was like, yeah, we, like, don't really, like, they don't talk about him that much in the book. Yeah. But he's, like, the main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's really interesting, too, because, like, that means Scorsese really needed to get his research done yeah. and yeah. flesh this out. Um, but, yeah, I have the book on hold, like, the audiobook on hold, because mm-hmm. I want to listen to it, but, yeah. Uh, Scorsese wrote the screenplay for this movie, right? Yes, this is... Um, he I will check. Co-wrote it, didn't he? Yeah, he co-wrote yeah. it with yeah. uh, Eric Roth. I think this okay. is one of Scorsese's first screenwriting credits in a really long time. Um, yeah, I, I remember his last uh, written film was Silence. Oh yeah, he did write mm-hmm. Silence, uh, which okay. I haven't seen and I've been really wanting to get yeah, on. I oh, I did time. see Silence actually. Wait, have I? You have? That has Andrew Garfield in it, right? Uh, yes. It, yeah. I might have seen it when I went through my Andrew Garfield era. But I can't remember. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, so aside from Silence, though, like this, if you don't count it, this is his first screenwriting credit since, does My Voyage to Italy count? I No, it um, doesn't. I think that's um, like a documentary. Yeah, it's a documentary. For some reason, he's counted as a screenwriter on a documentary. That's interesting. Um, but Casino, then, would be yeah. his last screenwriting credit. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this and Silence obviously hold some sort of importance to Scorsese that isn't necessarily there for other recent films like Irishman, Wolf on Wall Street. And I'm just, I, I wonder why. I wish that you could just like talk to him. To I wish he was right here. Out. Yes. 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 I, I, <laughs> I wish Corsese did what I dreamt about where he just showed up to Cinemopolis, you know, because yeah. obviously <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And Ithaca, New York. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were all really hyped for that, right? And, uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, 
He did kind of appear, I guess. Yeah. He did. That in the beginning and in the end. <laughs> he, yeah. Yes, yes, he did. Um, before we go to the end, because I do want to get there, yeah, uh, let's go back to the court drama for a second. Um, because we did really, like, around this time, we saw a couple of new characters enter the fray mm-hmm. who I'd say are worth talking about, that being Tom White, played by Jesse Plemons. And then we also had... W.S. Hamilton, played by Brendan Fraser. He, the, literally his first line, he was screaming. Yeah. And I was like, what a way to make an impact on an already, like, insane movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, Brendan Fraser, it's weird. His his performance is apparently really controversial. Really? So, in a sense where some people think it's terrible and have literally said, like, take his Oscar away because oh. this performance is so bad. He was barely in it. Yeah. 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 You had, like, what? two scenes yeah that's yeah. all i can remember yeah. but like each scene he just had such a presence yeah. which i personally really liked he was really scary to me um and just like he felt just massive the way that they shot him it, especially when he starts screaming yeah. right yes. away yeah and it was just yeah it, to me it was like a scary intimidating guy and did exactly what he needed to do yeah he served yes <laughs> um, he like he was there for a reason and he ate it up yeah. But, like, I don't really think it was a bad performance. He was barely in it to consider it a bad performance. Exactly. I just think he was th- he was cast for a reason to yell, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me personally, I, I don't really have that much of an opinion, I guess, because, you know, he's in it for, like, so little. But even then, I, th- I don't think he did poorly or anything. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I'm just kind of... I don't know, maybe indifferent, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. Um, And then, I guess, the more important performance to just mention a little bit is Jesse Plemons as Tom White. Yeah, he shows up in, like, like two hours into the movie, I think. Yeah, like two, two and a half hours into the film, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you guys like his performance here? Did you not really like it? I kind of wish we got more from him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, like... I really like Jesse Plemons. I think he's really good, and mm-hmm. I really wish we got more from him. Um, especially, I'm kind of partial. I do really like, like, kind of like FBI agent detective type of stories and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think if we just had more of his presence within the movie and, like, just hit kind of him, like, lurking and stuff like that, I would have just really appreciated that more. I mean, That's I right. do feel like we did kind of get a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, especially when he's, like, looking through the mirror at, at like, a... Uh, De Niro and DiCaprio, and they have like that little contract. Yeah, thing. that that's like probably one of the only instances where that kind of like lurking kind of happens. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it would have been a little cooler to get a, a more of that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I did really like that though. Like the see, just those little bits there where like he was look looking in the mirror and just that bit of detective work. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just. The way that they showed the FBI infiltration in this film where, like, a little detail that you guys might not have noticed was that he, um, not Jesse Plemons, but one of the FBI agents when, um, like, Robert De Niro was trying to sell his farm, there was a guy there, like, prospecting to buy it. That was actually one of the FBI agents. Yeah. Um, And just, like, those little details of, like, this FBI infiltration are just really, like, interesting. and that's not just like Jesse Plemons, but that's just all of them and the writing, you know. Um, I just I feel like Scorsese being a writer on this film was really, really important. Mm-hmm. And those little details just might not have ended up making it if he wasn't 
should we now talk, just talk about the big ending, the way that this film sort of like crescendoed? Sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, what were you guys' thoughts? Cause I like, are was, we talking about like the ending ending? The ending, like the like, ending. Like where, with Marty? Yes, okay. with Marty. Like, or I guess we can also just oh. talk about the character endings quickly yeah. if you have. Yeah, yeah. DiCaprio yeah, like DiCaprio and Gladstone's like little yeah, scene I, there at the end. I definitely really want to talk about that yes, because I feel okay. like this is where like uh, everything like comes to like this is where I feel like everything comes to like a climax and yes. stuff. I mean, especially the acting. It's so goddamn good. You know it what is. I mean? And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just the way like, you know, uh, you know, Molly kind of looks at Ernest and she's like, uh, what did you what did you? Uh, what was in the shots and you know she's like looking for like some kind of truth and you know like he doesn't uh, give it to her exactly and you know i just when he lies to her yet again you know you kind of feel like the light from her eyes like kind of fade as she kind of goes up and walks out yeah because it's like what i really loved about the beginning of the movie is kind of seeing them like kind of fall in love with each other Mm -hmm. and stuff and i thought that was so beautiful one of my favorite like a couple of my favorite scenes from that was like when they were in the car um like kissing and stuff and i was listening to another podcast and they mentioned how it was kind of like the titanic scene which (laughs) i was like that's kind of cute and then also like when she was talking with her sisters and they were like yeah he's a bit of an idiot but he's handsome though and i just loved that stuff and it seemed like they loved each other so much and then as like leo's character just like starts to get more manipulated and then starts to like like participate in the murders and stuff like that i'm just like it's so heartbreaking to see this because I could tell that she loved him, mm-hmm. and I just don't know if he actually loved her. Like, I couldn't tell from that. Like, I just was like, it seems like he did, but then, it, like, I don't know. I and mean, he just wouldn't tell her the truth. His, <laughs> his character, I feel like, was just so stupid. He was so he dumb. He was so stupid, where, like, he kills pretty much yeah. her entire family. Yeah. Yet, I just don't think it clicks in his brain. Yeah, I don't think it, Even like, though realized. you love somebody... You know, like, you're sorry, even though you kill somebody's entire family, you can still love them. Like, Mm -hmm. just, I feel like with any other person who's slightly more intelligent, obviously, there would not be love. But I just feel like with him being as, like, dull as he is, I could kind of see there still being, like, some love. Um, Which I just kind of find really fascinating. And also the fact that, like, it felt like she would have forgiven him if she was just Mm -hmm. honest about the heroine. It was just like yeah. it was heroin. I feel like she would like there would have been some conflict, but like he would have been going back to her mm-hmm. rather than to his brother in the trailer park after he got out of prison. Yeah, um, right. it's just like the whole like when like the whole time when I because I didn't know what happened like in the movie like I like I had no like I watched did I even watch the trailer I don't even know I watched the trailer and stuff like that. Um, and, like, I wasn't, like, doing research on it. And then, like, when I was watching the movie and then I was, like, finding out that, like, oh, he's, like, not a good guy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I was just, like, this is so heartbreaking because, like, I just thought it was a cute little love story between them. And then it was just, like, no, I murdered your family. Yeah. And he's, like, not being honest about it. It just pisses me off. She deserved better. I loved Molly so much. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Anthony, do you have just like any more thoughts about um, like just the way it really put the climax um, on this film? Yeah, no. Um, uh, l- like I said before, you know, this is kind of like where everything climaxes, where like, you know, like you're seeing 
you know these this like kind of like you said like it's a love story but it's kind of like messed up in a way because you know he's killing her entire family and um yeah you kind of see it come to a close and it's like you know it's a very like it's a bitter note to end on you know with those characters besides and then besides the epilogue which we'll kind of get into right so um yes and uh yeah no i guess i want to close my thoughts on that i guess you know what i was just thinking about is the scene so when um ernest finds out that his daughter died he like has his whole breakdown and stuff like that but like he was like probably just as close with molly's sisters and stuff like that and just doesn't like show any emotion or empathy towards like the murder of them and it's just so like it's just like his character is so interesting and it's just because he's such an idiot yeah Yeah. literally because he's so dumb yeah Yeah. and and like the cinematography in that scene like it just really really like you know it just really emphasizes how like you know empty it all feels you Mm know um all right, so I guess we should talk about the epilogue. Yeah. Right? yeah. I loved um, it. I did, too. It was yeah. so cool. I yeah. have, like, not seen, like, that in a movie ever or, like, in a while. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's really unique, you yeah. know, too, because, you know, they have, like, this whole, like, you know, radio show kind of thing. And, you know, where, and you know they kind of, like, explained, like, what happened to each character as if, you know, if this was, like, any other movie, it would just, like, show, like, you know, real pictures and like you know text about what happened and all that but you know i think that they're using radio shows and like especially because like you know like in the 20s 30s like this medium was like very popular and stuff and it just makes this ending a lot more like impactful and um i and uh this actually has been kind of like floating in my head because i feel like you know, this may have been like, um, I don't want to say I don't want to say critique, but like, you know, it kind of like pokes fun of, uh, at like how obsessed we are at like true crime and stuff. You know, like true crime podcasts and books and whatnot. Yeah. It's, um, I kind of got that sense about it. Um, uh, what did you guys think about it? I didn't think of it like that, but now like that I'm thinking about it, it's like when they're doing like the voices and then adding like the sound effects and stuff like that. It definitely mm-hmm. seems like they were probably like kind of poking fun at like how like because people are genuinely obsessed with true crime and stuff like that like yeah, yeah. i listen to podcasts and stuff but i listen to, like movie podcasts but like yeah. when i talk about it it's like everyone's like yeah i listen to like murder podcasts and stuff like that and like talking about all this stuff and like it i like to not think about it like that but now it's like all that's all that's gonna be in my mind now <laughs> yeah. and also just because like people listen to murder podcasts and they feel like it's kind of like a fun yeah thing. yeah you know and murder podcasts like you can listen to a podcast about real people experiencing real traumatic, tragic events uh, that will alter, alter or ruin their lives. And you can listen to that and like go about your day regularly afterwards. And I feel like this film ending that way is just kind of a commentary on the fact like, no, these things are awful and yeah. tragic like and people terrible. were hurt like yeah. people yeah. literally died yeah and it's like pe- the way that people like treat it so like there for me it's like i've like met so many people that like are going into like um like criminology and stuff like that because they're like yeah i really just enjoy learning about murder and stuff i'm like okay 
But, like, they're like, yeah, I really, like, sympathize with the killers. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? Like, I'm sorry, what are you going on about? Like, people died, and I genuinely think that that ending sounds exactly like a, like a kind of like a commentary critique type of thing on yeah, it. yeah and i'm sure marty thought about that because like he's he's, he's scorsese, Come he's scorsese on. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and just like the way he sort of breaks the fourth wall too yeah. at the very end where he is the one that's telling us like on her gravestone there is no like or on her like obituary there's no mention of like those age murders yeah um that was really him telling us like they were still trying to kind of like hide what happened Mm -hmm. and even though it was just such a big thing in molly's life um but then like the actual ending shot i feel like was sort of the counter argument to that saying like oh but the native americans are still here yeah. And they, like, the Osage are still here. And they are still a culture. And I feel like that was, like, important, too. Yeah, you know, like, like the drone shot up yeah. from the drum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I love that shot. was very amazing. That yes, was so it good. Was. It was and a beautiful shot. Yeah, I also feel like that's kind of, like, a foil from, like, the very beginning of the, mm-hmm. of the movie where it's like, hey, we we kind of have to, like, you know, we kind of have to grow with the times. We kind of have to, like, venture a little out of our of our i mean yeah that's kind of what i got from the ending because like you know it's still very strong you know like the the osage and stuff and um uh i yeah yeah i mean yeah (laughs) and yeah i mean it's just like it's just good (laughs) <laughs> this is good. Yeah, this is good. This and like is, yeah. the breaking of the fourth wall with Marty showing up was just, it didn't feel weird. It no, did not it didn't. feel like, oh, why are you here? Well, I mean, obviously I was like, oh my God, it's Marty. Yeah. And also I could hear people in the theater when they were like realizing it. They were like, oh my God, it's Marty. Like what? Yeah. Um, but it was just like, it was like a perfect way. And I think if this movie happened to be his last, it's like the best way to end it. Just end it with yes. you. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, it wasn't weird. And he was good. And, you know, it was just, it was a really great way to end it. And I'm really happy they didn't, like, show us, like, actually, like, things as they were, like, talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how there wasn't any narration over, like, actual, like, footage of, like, where they were in their life and stuff like that. Wait, did they do that? No, they didn't. They didn't. Know. They did it after, though, right? No, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't think, think so. so. No. Yeah. Okay, so they I did think never I d- did the texts or, like, images or anything like that. Well, yeah. um. Uh, I do remember, like, very early on, you know, like, you know, how they kind of shot it, like, you know, like this 1910s, 20s, just, like, kind of, like, introducing us to the scene with the Osages and stuff, you know, like, how everything's going at the very beginning, you know? Yeah, they had, yeah. like, pictures where, like, yeah, but I think yeah. that was, like, yeah. that wasn't, it wasn't, like, real-life Molly. It was Lily Gladstone Molly yeah. that yeah. there were, like, pictures yeah. of. And that was just because, like, photographers and, I guess, zooming in on hard to show, like, this is the main character that we're going to be focusing and on. And I did, yeah. actually, speaking of that scene, I liked in the beginning when they were like, oh, what was it? They were like, five bucks or something like that yeah. so we can get a photo of you or something when your family and, like, preserve history and stuff yeah. like that. I loved that scene. I thought it was yeah. just such a little, like, it was just a little thing that just, like, made it. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought I, of I that. <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, a lot of, like, little details like that. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we should probably wrap things up before we go, I just want to ask you guys, what did you guys like end up rating it for yourselves? 
Ooh, out of five stars. I think on Letterboxd I gave it four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, give it? I, I I give it like a perfect five. I guess it's like mm-hmm. for me, it's like like in terms of Scorsese's movies, I think it's like right. I think I put it like right below Wolf of Wall Street, but like above Shutter Island. So. Ooh, I didn't even yeah. think of where it ranks for me for Scorsese's movies. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask yeah. after uh, your stars. So, yeah, I've, I gave, also gave it a five-star. Personally, I have it as my second favorite Scorsese movie. Oh, like, oh my God. This is and I've so seen 11. I think maybe, like, maybe I have it at, like, four, I think. Because oh, I think I go... Fair. My my rating is so weird. I love The Departed. That's probably my one. And then Taxi Driver. And then I really love Shutter Island. And yeah. then probably Killers. And then Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm going off my top five, uh, first is uh, Goodfellas, then uh, Taxi Driver, then Wolf of Wall Street, then Killers, and then Shutter Island. I mean, yeah. I really love Shutter Island. I really love Shutter Island. Yeah, Shutter Island is so good. Yeah, my my yeah. top five is uh, I have The Departed, Killers, Shutter Island, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas. And uh, I still, like, I've only seen 12 of his films out of, like, his 26 narrative features. But, yeah. I have not seen Goodfellas, so Uh, it's not in my top five. It's in both of yours, though. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I probably would like it. Probably going to watch it in History of Film 2 anyway. Are we? Probably. What what year does that come out? Well, History of Film 2. Oh, 2. We don't have to take that, though. We don't? No. Oh, I'm taking it. I, I kind of wanted to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love history of film. Yeah. Did you watch Goodfellas? Um, yeah, no. I mean, I think, it, I think it was one of, like, the first, like, mob movies that I watched and, like, remembered liking. Because, you know, I, I, I've also seen, like, The Godfather. And, you know, I do like that movie. But I feel like with Goodfellas, it's, like, a lot more energetic. It's a lot more dynamic. Um mm-hmm. Totally my dad really movies. loves The Godfather, and you know I'm I'm, my dad's more into like The Godfather. I'm more into like Goodfellas, and uh, that's fair. That's a pretty weird dynamic, yeah. but we both appreciate each other's movies. Yeah, that I I prefer The Godfather personally. Again, also but, have yeah. not seen The Godfather. Oh my! God, I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know what? I probably will eat it up when I do watch it. I just have yeah. not found the time. That's fair. They are kind of commitments. They are. Yeah, I haven't like, seen the second one. They're like you haven't seen the second one. Yeah, isn't that supposed the to be the best one? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, a bit of a hot take. I think the first one's better. Oh. You know, just because it's like a lot more concise. But mm-hmm. the second one, it does dive very deep into like, you know, this rise of Michael Corleone and also Vito Corleone and um, uh, yeah, I mean. You should definitely check out the first before seeing the second. I'll just say yeah. that. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you don't really have to see the third one. No one really likes the third <laughs> one. But, um, yeah, um, that's all I'll say about The Godfather, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that is where we are going to end our conversation about Killers of the Flower Moon. So, yeah, thank okay. you, Anthony. Thank you, Lily, for both joining the show this week. Uh, this is a very long conversation, but <laughs> this is also a very long movie. Yes. So <laughs> it, it deserves a conversation like this. So, yeah, thank you again. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks hopefully we'll have you on again. Me. Yeah, all right, bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to popcorn premieres this week. I will see you all 
in the next episode where we will be talking about Five Nights at Freddy's and maybe Anatomy of a Fall. Take care, everyone. Uh-huh.